Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories, and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Thank you for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur. We appreciate you being here with us today. Thank you for the time that you spend in your day, and thank you for your commitment to thriving in your life and business. Today, we want to talk about what is the most important aspect of your life, and that is the spiritual part of us. Um, Most of you know, regardless of what your belief system is, that we are a mind, we live in a body, but more importantly, we are a spirit. There is a spiritual aspect to us. Um, It's interesting to even see some people who would uh, call themselves agnostics or even atheists that, you know, still would recognize that spiritual aspect, that non-tangible part of who we are. Um, And I've seen it go all the way from things like astral projection to just simply understanding that there's the energy that is, um, you know, the total makeup of us. Uh, From a physics standpoint, you know, energy is never created, nor is it ever really truly destroyed. It just is transitioned from one point to another. Um, And so when we pass, it makes sense from a scientific standpoint that the energy that was us, you know, if you ever watched The Matrix, Um, You know, the human body being used as a battery. The energy that was us while alive, that goes somewhere. It doesn't just simply become fertilizer, which it does in the ground, but there's so much more to it. There is a spiritual aspect to who we are as people. Um, You know, and it says in the intro, so it's no surprise, even if it's your first time listening. I'm a third generation minister. I believe very much in God. And I believe very strongly that he wants to have a personal relationship with us. But whatever your personal beliefs are, if you ignore that spiritual part of who you are, you'll find it very difficult to thrive in your life and business. And so today I have two amazing international best-selling authors, technically three, two books, three authors, um, that are going to talk to you today about some really amazing things that they have put into writing from their own personal experiences, as well as, and more importantly, as they've gotten from the Bible, as they've gotten from teaching that they've received, to be able to bring to you something that can help enhance your life. Now, I'm going to ask those of you that have a different belief system than I do to still pay attention because I've said many times, you know, if I didn't believe in the Bible, I would still read it, study it, and know it because there is some just deep wisdom within it that is imperative we as people know regardless of our spiritual belief system. Now, yes, I would encourage you to take that one step deeper and 
develop a personal spiritual relationship in your life with God. Um, I leave that to you. This is not intended to be an episode to preach at you, but rather to encourage and to inspire you to bring up your game in that spiritual aspect. You know, we talk about your business. We talk about getting your mind right and motivating yourself. We talk about health and your physical body and those kind of things, how nutrition can work with you. Today, we really want to focus on spirit, on the spiritual aspect of us moving from through this life to a place where we are more than we were before, that we're living better and that we're able to do things sooner, quicker, faster because we have learned how to tap into spirit in our lives and make that a powerful part of living every day as a thriving entrepreneur. We'll be right back with our authors here in just a minute. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur. We have two amazing books that we're bringing to you today, written by incredible international best-selling authors. And, uh, you know, these, I was blessed to be able to get some extra time with them and to really be able to bring you some really meaty, deep conversations. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking to you today. I'm really going to let them, uh, you know, really share from their book. First up is the book, The Bible, Our Life's Manual written by Janelle Robinson, and it is a very powerful handbook, meaning the Bible, to the hand, it's a handbook to the handbook, if you will, you know, teaching you how to be able to really understand that you do come with an owner's manual, and if you can follow the instructions, you can have a powerful, impactful, effective life. Join me in welcoming Janelle Robinson. Hi, Janelle. How are you doing today? Hi, Steve. I'm wonderful. Thank you for asking. How about yourself? I'm doing really good. Thanks. I appreciate you asking. So your book, I've been so excited to talk with you on the radio about it because, you know, you've heard this, I'm sure, before. People say, if only there was a manual for life. Right? <laughs> yes. That You know, Steve, that is... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, and your book is. <laughs> well, you know what? What it is is that, you know, I, I often would hear people say, you know, 
being a mother doesn't come with a manual. Being married doesn't come with a manual. And one particular day I was reading someone's post on Facebook and it said, you know, being a parent doesn't come with a manual. And immediately I was just quickened in my spirit. The Lord just said to me, that's a lie that has to cease. And immediately he just gave me what he wanted me to put in this book. And it was just so awesome. I felt as if I was just um, someone taking, you know, dictation and putting it down on paper, you know, because it was just, it just flowed. It just truly flowed. And I know that if that was just the Holy Spirit, just really putting it all together. So that's how that book uh, came to be. <laughs> there are so many authors that are so jealous of you, you know, because they've struggled. <laughs> um, the Bible, Our Life's Manual, um, written by international best-selling author Janelle Robinson. So tell us a little bit about who you are. Tell us just a little bit about your background. Well, I am a business owner. Um, I work in, in the insurance industry. Um, I worked for an agent for almost 10 years, and I found a little niche that was uh, available for agents that, you know, where they were short on staff people, and I found a way to do, you know, my work for them remotely so that I could be open to spend more time with my children. Um, and so that, that's my main breadwinner right now. So uh, that's what I do. And then I'm a mother of three. Um, I have three daughters and they are wonderful little people. And I tell everyone that I am truly, or I truly know the Hannah experience where Hannah prayed be before God asking for a child because my first child was born um, 15 years into my marriage. And it was truly because I just really went before the throne of grace. And I really begged and pleaded God to bless my, 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 bless my husband and I with, you know, a, a child. So um, he did. And he blessed me with the oldest. And then one year and two weeks later, I have had my middle child. And then I have a, a seven-year-old as well. And my husband and I will be married for 30 years on May 6th. So it's amazing. God is good. I laugh because I say, you know, I know I could have did this a little better in my youth. I think I could have anyway, but that's where we are. So I am a mother of three. As I said, been married for what will be 30 years um, next month. So um, yes, that's, that's me. And I'm just truly a woman of God. And I pray. Yeah, go on. <laughs> Thirty years. That's amazing. Yes. Thirty. Yes, I mean, it is. <laughs> you deserve somebody. You know how you know, like publishers clearing house shows up at people's houses. Supposedly, I've never actually met anybody, but I've seen the TV shows. Um, you know, and they give you a check. You know, for thirty years of marriage, somebody should show up to your house and give you a check. I mean, I yes, I yes. I agree, Steve. I agree. No. <laughs> I it's mean, a blessing. It's a blessing. Work, you know, it, it's it's an honor to be, uh, you know, to see somebody whose marriage is together and it's working. And you know, we hear so many other stories about marriages not working. So I like hearing when people's marriages are working out. I do too. I do too. And I tell you, it is truly by the grace of God because it is work. But it is a commitment that you make. I tell, you know, I tell everyone, when you make a vow and you make that vow before God, 
you have to honor it. Even though it, some days it may not feel good, some days it's going to be great, but it's a, it's a vow that we make and people step in that too lightly. And that's one of the things that I touch on in, my, in the book as well is just, you know, there is a, a, a ground rule for, for marriage. There is, you know, and, and if, we, if we study the word and we stay before God and you're equally yoked to your partner, if you're both striving to grow, you know, to get to, you know, that striving for that perfection that we will one day never attain here on earth, but, you know, we would want to attain, you know, when we get to meet the father, you know, it's just, we have to follow those round, ground rules. We, we, you know, it just, we have to, you know, can't go to bed angry. You know, that, that's the key thing. Don't go to bed angry. You know, you have to work it out. But yeah, that's a whole nother book. <laughs> well, now we know what your second book's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, the Bible is our life's manual, but you go into specific detail in the book and kind of help people see why that is as well as, you know, get a manual for their life. So talk to us a little bit about some of the things you bring out to people in the book. Well, basically, <clears throat> excuse me, basically what what one of the things that you know, when people say, oh, I, I read the book, you know, I've read the book from cover to cover, the Bible that is, um, from cover to cover. But when you're reading the Bible, it's not just your average, normal, everyday read. In reading the Word of God, your, your heart has to be open to receive the Word of God. So, you know, if you're just sitting down saying, hey, I'm just going to casually read the Bible, and you're not seeking anything from the Lord, you know, it's that's kind of rough because, you know, you have to go in with anticipation. You have to go in anticipating that whatever you're dealing with in your life, that God is going to meet you in that word and give you what you need. So, you know, I always tell you, you know, if you're going to sit down and you're going to open that book, open it expecting God to speak to you because those are the words of God. You know, and if, if you're, if you have problems in your marriage, Go and read uh, scriptures on marriage. If you're having problems with your finances, go in and read the. Go in and read the scriptures on on you know raising your children. It's all there. It's all there. It's just you have to go in and you have to seek the answers that you're looking for. That's that one of the things that the Word of God says is that faith without action is dead. So if you're wanting something, you have to do something. You have to put yourself in a position where you're in alignment with the word of God, where you're in alignment with his will so that he can just pour into you what it is that he knows that you're desiring. It immediately makes me think of Timothy where it says all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, training, and growing in righteousness. Um, You know, but you got to use it. (laughs) You know, it it isn't magical. It doesn't sit on your shelf and jump off and and fix things for you. (laughs) Right, right, right. And a lot of times people will, you know, I've heard people say, I just need to hear a word from God. I just need to hear from God. As if you're sitting there and you're just waiting for him to, Hey, Janelle, okay, I know you want, but one of the surefire ways of hearing from God is opening that, that wonderful book that just is our roadmap for life. Because I tell you, sometimes, Steve, I can be going through something, 
and I sit down to have, you know, my little Bible study. And sure enough, the very thing that's on my heart, it's like that word that I read for that particular moment speaks specifically to that issue. And I'm just, and I, I just become so in awe of just God, just so in awe. Well, and I'll let you behind the curtains of a third-generation minister. Um, I know my father and my grandfather, if he was still here, would say the same thing. It's fun to see that God is really actually just working on the pastor, and uh, the people in the church also get to learn from it. Um, You know, I I can't think of a week where um, I haven't gotten as much or more out of whatever the particular talk was. Um, in whatever format, you know, I mean, I've been out in some really weird situations because of the gift that God's given me, <laughs> but, you know, yeah. even in the weirdest of situations, it's fun to see how um, God oh, yeah. you know, turns the mirror around and says, okay, now look at yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, and Lord, I was looking for a message to share with your people. He's going, yeah, and it's going to be personal. <laughs> it's going to hit home for you. Yes, absolutely. You know, you're talking about reading the Bible and it immediately made me think of my grandfather. You know, he he lived to be 84 years old. He's my mom's dad, Um, was an amazing minister um, from the time he was 25 until right up until the end of his life. Um, And his last Bible, not by any means the only Bible he ever had, but the last one, he had for the last three or four years. He made marks in the front of it every time he read all the way through the Bible. Um, and it was at like 28. And that was in wow. said five or six years. Um, really amazing, incredible deep dive into the Bible. Um, and uh, it's fun to have him in my life, um, you know, uh, that yeah. legacy. And that's really more than anything what the Bible is really about. It's it's not just some stuffy rule book, you know, and I think that's a lot of times where people struggle is, you know, well, there's Mm -hmm. rules in there I've got to follow, but think about, and I'm going to ask you this, what is your favorite just Bible story, just thing that you love reading over and over again? The book of Job. The book of Job, you know, we 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 want our lives to be wonderful. We want it to everything to be peachy keen and hunky dory, and you know we want all things to just flow naturally and be wonderful. And even for Job, when he had so many wonderful things going on in his life, but to not waver in his faith to not give up on God, to not turn away from what he knew was true, speaks volumes to us all because we all go through things in life. We all have things that, you know, we struggle with. We, we have loss, you know, but what I learned from Job is that even in loss, you have to maintain your relationship with God. Even when you're hurt, You have to seek him above all things, even when it's just the worst situation that you could possibly ever think of. Know that God says he will never leave you nor forsake you and that he's there. 
He's there. He's always there. And there's always a rescue for you if you just stay the course. Because he had it all, he lost it all, and he regained it because of his faithfulness. So the book of Job would have to be where I would go with that answer. It is an amazing book. Even when your three best friends come and tell you to give up, there's still more. Even your wife, your spouse. It's like, what are you doing? Turn away. Curse him. Don't do this. You know, let go. And he's like, no, because that's, that's the one who's, I mean, that's the one that's really in your ear all the time. So it's just like, but he stood, he stood his ground. He, he stood on the foundation. He stood on just the word. He stood where God, it's like, even when he couldn't do anything else, he trusted God. It can be very simple. And I love how your book really makes it easy. You know, it's not like, you know, I I don't know. Sometimes you go to church and it's just, wow, but how do you really do that? But I love how your book just really breaks it down and makes it easy for people to ultimately go back to the word and really, um, you know, dig it out for themselves. Right, right. So, excuse me, the the book is in no way, you know, people say, oh, you know, is this like what, you know, young uh, Christians should read? And it's just like, well, it's an added bonus for them to read. But the key thing that they should read is the word. This is by no means a replacement of the word. It's like, you have to get in the word. You have to study the word. You have to learn the word. Ingest it. Let God put it on your heart. Let it be, let it, let it be that when you don't know where else to go, that what's on the inside of you starts to resound in your ear because I, I consume this word. I read it daily. I study it. I, I know what the word of God says. I know the promises of God. So when you're in a situation, you feel like your back is against the wall instead of going, oh, woe is me. This is the word of God will start to come up and come out and, and let you know let you know that God is in control, that he has this. He lets you to worry about how, where the next bill is, how, how the next bill is going to be paid. You just have to trust God and say, okay, Father, you know this is what I need. You know this is when it's due. I'm trusting you because your word says that you will supply all of my needs. And you know I need a roof over my head according to your riches and glory. And you have to stand on that and you can't waver because when the phone rings, you're getting that call and you're saying, oh, it's them again. It's just like, no, you say, okay, father, I know that this is that bill collector calling. I know that this is whomever calling, but I know that you have this. So don't, I'm not going to stress out. I'm not going to worry about it because that's what's on the, that's what becomes on the inside of you because of your study of the wonderful word that he has given us, the promises he gave, he's going to fulfill. Okay, see, I can really go on there. So I'm just going to, yeah, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing to have the word on the inside. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, I'm just going to let you go and preach. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is really cool um, because, again, bringing it back to Bible verse, the Bible says study to show yourself approved, a workman yeah. who does not need to be ashamed and is beyond reproach 
and correctly yes. divides the word of truth. Rightly dividing that word of truth. That's right. That's right. That is so true. So yes, it's, it's some good stuff, Steve. But I know you know that, man yeah. of God. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and that's the thing, you know, I mean, there's going to be two, two types of people who aren't familiar with the Bible that are going to listen to this show. There's people who are going to turn away. They're going to be like, oh, that doesn't make any sense. And then there's going to be a, that few of you that are going to say, hey, maybe I should check this out. And I want to really encourage people, um, you know, and maybe you need to even get the Bible, Our Life's Manual, to help you figure out where do I, where should I go? What should I do? But get that Bible and really dive into it um, with an open heart, willing to let yourself be taught. And I think that's the big piece of it really is, um, you know, green is growing and ripe is really actually the beginning of rotting. Mm -hmm. Yes. Wow. Wow. So um, there are so many great nuggets in this book. Um, And so I'm going to ask you my unfair question of the day. Um, What is your favorite or what one pops into your mind right now? Basically, um, my testimony, the last chapter of the book is, is my testimony because why I say it's the favorite is, is that all of the forefront of the book, you know, talks about the word of God and, excuse me, and, you know, the promises of God and, you know, studying, but I want people to understand that I'm not just speaking to them from um, a learned uh, uh, place. I am, I'm speaking to them from life's experience. I'm speaking to them from what God did for me and how God did it for me. And, you know, it's, it's just a blessing because as I mentioned earlier, um, my oldest child is 14 years old and I'll be married for 30 years. So there were 15 years, because she'll be 15 this year, there were 15 years uh, of life with just my husband and myself with no children. And when I, when I was speaking about praying for, you know, my child, my, more of my children, uh, that God would bless us with children, um, it was just, uh, it was a really, it, it was just a beautiful thing because Steve, that's when I really heard from God audibly, because when I was praying for them, I literally heard audibly, oh, oh, I can't even say audibly at this moment, but I heard audibly that you will have a daughter. And I thought, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm losing my mind. I'm hearing things. What's really going on? You know, something's wrong with me because I'm hearing things and nobody's in this house but, my, but me. And, um, but it was after intense prayer that I heard that. And then not only did he say that I would have a daughter, um, just there were so many attacks on her life before she could even be born. Um, I don't want to give, you know, give up all the kids, but, but the enemy wanted to take her out <clears throat> before she got here. I mean, even to a point where a doctor told me, <clears throat> excuse me, to abort her because she was going to die at birth anyway. So, <clears throat> sorry about that. So that, that, you know, just, just going through that ride with me in that last chapter, you, you'll understand why I stand so firmly on the word and why I trust and just love the Lord more than anything, because this is real personal. This is, 
I mean, real personal for me. So I just, I just think that, you know, they will be, the readers will be blessed by that chapter along with all the others, but just in knowing if he did it for me, he can do it for you and he will do it for you if you seek him in that capacity. And I'm not saying for the child thing, I'm just saying whatever it is that you're seeking of the Lord, just know that if he did it for anyone, he could do it for you. Hmm. Powerful stuff from Janelle Robinson, the international best-selling author of the Bible, Our Life's Manual. It's available on Amazon and I strongly encourage you to get it today and to learn from it. Now you do have a manual for life. It's always been there, actually. You've got a little book that's going to help you see just why and how. Janelle, thanks so much for spending some time on the show with us here today. Steve, thank you. I, I truly appreciate this, and I pray that it is a blessing to all that hear. And I just ask God to continue to bless and keep you and your family as well because you're doing awesome work. I hope that really helped some of you. I hope that you now feel some hope, or maybe you didn't before, to allow you the ability to really know that there is an instruction manual. There is a book that was specifically designed, written with the intent of helping you not just live life, but live life abundantly to succeed, to advance, to thrive. And that's what we want to do here as we talk on Thriving Entrepreneur is help you up-level every one of the aspects of your life, mind, body, and yes, spirit, to be able to truly thrive in your life and business. That's what we do here on Thriving Entrepreneur. We hope you'll stick around for our next author, another amazing and fun book that we'll be bringing to you right after this commercial break. Don't go away. We'll be right back. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to We Help youthrive.com check us out and find out how you can be a best-selling author today welcome back to thriving entrepreneur this is steve welcome back thanks for listening to thriving entrepreneur in the last segment we talked to you about the manual that really was written the owner's manual for who we are as people so now we want to talk about life about living through life. You know, it would be nice if all of our lives were perfect, but let's face it, none of our lives are. We all have things that we deal with. And I always admire somebody who takes the time to write a book that's just like, hey, you know, this is real. This is my stuff. 
And just like I know you have your stuff, I'm willing to admit to my stuff, to put it out there for you, and hopefully allow you to learn and grow. I really want you to pay attention because not only is this a fun book, but as Bill Cosby used to say on the cartoon when I was a kid, if you're careful, you might just learn something. Join me in welcoming Michaela Gregory and Victoria Kennedy. Hi guys, how are you today? Hey, how are you? How are you? Doing good, thanks. So your book is called The Familiar's Lie. It's book one in the Broken series. Um, and I'm really looking forward to talking to both of you about this book. So um, I know, Michaela, you wrote the uh, contents of the book, and Victoria, you wrote the Bible study that goes with it. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Okay, all right. So, um, and either of you, feel free to just jump in um, if you feel like you have more to add or if you feel like the question's more for you. But let's start off with um, who both of you are and what led you to even want to write the book to begin with. Okay. Um, okay, so I am a licensed ordained minister, um, and actually, I wrote the book just quite honestly after eight hours of watching porn. <laughs> and so, um, I'm a minister, and it was just a secret of mine, something that even while you know I would do ministry, I would come home and um, I was just addicted to porn because of childhood sexual abuse. Um, my abusers introduced me to porn, and so. I, after eight hours watching porn, just felt bad. I felt guilty. And I actually started journaling. Um, and there was so much shame as I was journaling. Um, I didn't write it um, as if I was talking. I wrote it as if it was a character um, speaking. And so that was the beginning of The Familiar's Lie was just me pouring my heart out to God um, in a journal entry form. That's awesome. Um, you know, I have told a few people, and including the folks at Amazon, that um, although, to coin the phrase, the names have been changed to protect the innocent, it really <laughs> um, isn't intended to be a graphic novel. It really is intended to be um, a Bible study um, and to really help yeah. people with the issues that they're dealing with. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, we wanted to write it in a really honest and real and raw way. Um, just so that it would attract people, um, because I think when people hear Bible study, it's, it's automatically for people who aren't churched, quote, unquote, or in the church or go to church. Um, I think it automatically just kind of push, it pushes it out of their mind that they feel like it's not for them. Um, but when they start reading the book and they um, kind of see familiar scenes and familiar feelings that they um, are feeling like, man, I feel like that when I'm driving up to the porn shop or, you know, so it was really written just for people who are struggling with that addiction and they just want to see themselves in another character. Um, and so that's really who the book was written for, not the, not the churchy traditional people who don't struggle with pornography. So then there's a Bible study that goes along with it. Uh, tell me a little bit about how that developed. Well, um, I met Michaela through a mutual friend, and once we started talking, we both discovered that we enjoy writing, and she says, oh, well, I'm writing a book. Can I send you some chapters of my book, and just tell me what you think of them, and as I was reading the chapters of the book, it really just kind of grabbed hold of something on the inside of me, 
and um, I was re responding to her and my responses connected with her and she's saying, that's exactly what I think. That's, you, you're hitting it right on the head. And um, so I was coming from a perspective of mental health because that's my background. And when we started collaborating on this thing, the story of Tamar out of um, Second Samuel in the Bible just struck me, that phrase that says, and she lived the rest of her life as a desolate woman. And so Michaela's story um, with Mays just made me think about women in general and how so often there's this awful experience that happens in our childhood and we live the rest of our lives in this desolate place. And so that was the motivation behind um, my writing this and using ah. that particular scripture. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, why, why isn't there more light put on some of the really incredibly awful things that girls are going through, especially growing up, well, even into their adulthood? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, right, do you just mean in general or do you mean in the church specifically? Well, let's start with in general and then maybe talk specifically about in the church as well. Hmm. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to go from the church standpoint because I am an ordained minister from the church. I would just say that oftentimes I feel like we we want to pretend like, you know, once you decide that I'm going to live for God, that mm -hmm. everything is going to be perfect. And that's just not true. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it, it's just not true. And I, I don't believe that it's biblical. And I believe that Jesus believes in process. And I think that it takes time to walk through things um, before you get to a place where you feel like, okay, like I've dealt with some of that crap from my past. And now I can really be effective um, in telling people about who God is. Because I feel like, as a church, we're dysfunctional, trying to reach a dysfunctional world, and we haven't dealt with our stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And so I just think that we, we pretend, we pretend entirely too much in the church, and I was just sick of pretending. So I didn't even try to write the book <laughs> in Christianese. I just wanted to be yeah. honest about how I felt and where I was. Um, and quite honestly, Steve, that was one of the reasons why we self-published, because we couldn't find a Christian publisher to publish the book because it was written in such a real, raw, and honest way. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to add to that, um, what Kayla was saying, in the church we pretend. Well, I look at the church as a group of people that are just regular people that are in the world as well. And we have to understand that um, so much of that shame that we have and guilt and the things that we want to keep covered, we don't want to shine the light on those things that, that are producing shame in our lives or that might make our parents or our brothers or someone that's close to us look in a negative way. And so a lot of stuff is covered over, not only by the church, but by us. That's the truth. <laughs> and, and, you know, the more people I counsel, the more people I hear when I'm sharing things with them, they say, I didn't know other people were going through this. I didn't know other people did some of the same things that I've done that I'm so ashamed of. Yeah. Well, and that's part of the human condition too, is when we're going through something, we isolate and we tend mm -hmm. to get the impression that we're the only person in the world who's ever actually gone through it, at least this way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's true. 
I think yeah. that's one of the reasons yeah. why I'm so drawn to the scripture that says we're overcome by the word of our testimony. Um, because mm-hmm. I think that there is something to be said about when we stop hiding and we just come out and say, this is where I am. And you know, you, the women that, that I mentor and that I pour into that are in my life, younger women, I just say, you don't have to pretend for me. You don't have to pretend for God. Just be honest yeah. about right where you are in the process. And you know what? God's going to meet you right there. And I'm going to mm-hmm. walk with you in the process. And so I just think that we just need to stop pretending, not just as a church, but just as a society. If we just stop pretending yeah. and be honest and real with one another, then we can have some authentic relationships. So yeah. that's a lot and of what that, the book is about. Absolutely. And it's also about, um, you know, with the pretense comes a lot of judgment. And um, they're, they're judgments that are coming from a false place, a lying place that we have within ourselves. And so when we call ourselves Christians and we're trying to help people or even counselors and we're, we're putting off judgment on people, it shuts them down. They become even more isolated. They don't even want to delve into these things. But if we can love them through, and as Michaela said, walk with them through the process, that's when a lot of the healing takes place. Mm-hmm. My dad used to always say there was only one perfect person that lived and they crucified him. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's talk um, in a little more detail about the book. So tell me a little bit about the life of Mays and what she's going through here in book one, The Familiar's Lie. Oh, Steve, you ain't ready for that. Okay, Maze. <laughs> I love Maze. Okay, um, obviously, because he is uh, very loosely based on me, but Maze is a preacher, and she is asked for the first time to preach the Christmas sermon because it's always the pastor of that church, of this big mega church that she goes to. And so you quickly realize, though, that as she's preparing for this sermon, that she makes this vow that I'm going to walk away from porn for a little while until so I can focus on God and focus on this sermon and get it done before Christmas. But inevitably, as we all know, when we're addicted to something, um, it, it, it pulls on you. And so that pull, that thing that keeps um, inside of her that, that she feels like she has to feed, we affectionately name them the familiars. Um, and the reason why we call it the familiars, because everybody has something that they know that they can name that pulls at them. It's that deep, dark secret, that thing that they run to, to get their needs met instead of running to God or instead of running to the committed, significant relationships in their life to meet that people need, that God needs. We always have that familiar thing. So um, we've called it the familiar. So inevitably, as she tries to prep for this sermon, the familiars come calling. Um, And so she ends up in the porn shop. She ends up uh, doing a lot of things she said she would never do. But even in the midst of that, she comes across um, a a character um, that she didn't expect to meet. And this character challenges her um, to look at herself, look at the familiars, and look at the commitment that she's made to God and really challenges her to do something different. Mm, I love it. And that's just enough of a tease that everybody should run out and grab the book, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, Victoria, I hope so. Go get it. 
Yeah. So, Victoria, let's talk about it from the other direction. Um, from a Bible study concept, what is kind of the first thing you introduce to people? Uh, first thing I introduce to people is, um, goes back to what Michaela said when she said you have to decide, okay, enough is enough. I'm ready to make a change. And so the Bible study really um, talks about um, you needing to be ready, willing, and able to take a stand against this thing that's in your life. And it definitely speaks to the, the fact that it is not easy, that it will be a process, that you might take two steps forward and five steps backwards, and that's just the process. And so it really just get people prepared to go through. And then it moves on from that, just giving them uh, tools to use to help them with this battle, because it inevitably will be a battle between, you know, what they want and what they're trying to do and what their body and their flesh is telling them they, you know, I'm, it's driving them to do. So let's and so um, I, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, so let's talk about, the thing that I'm sure a lot of people that are listening, all of us normal people that aren't perfect, um, <laughs> what do you do with the fact that you make this commitment and um, you know you don't end up perfect the next day? Oh wow! You know what? I believe <laughs> that there is no condemnation, and I believe mm -hmm. that you know as long as God knows that I am trying and I'm putting forth my efforts. He's there with me. I don't believe that he is expecting the, um, the, 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 the miraculous transformation where everything falls all off of us in an instant and then voila, you know, we're perfect. Everything's good. I, you know, I've, I got this glow on my face like Moses had. And so I, I just don't believe that. I, as, as, you know, Michaela said before, it is a process. And we have mm -hmm. to understand one of the things I mentioned is that we're body, soul, we're soul and spirit. And so sometimes, you know, that soul thing is doing something different than the spirit. And we're trying to get those two in alignment with one another. And that's when we can find a greater level of freedom. But it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't. And you can't beat yourself up. You have to be willing right. to go through the process. Like there has to be a fight in you to want more than this. Yes. And for me, that is what kept me going. Like I would go and preach the gospel and then I would come home and wind down to pornography and I would feel bad every time and I would go some weeks or some months without it. But then inevitably it felt like I would fall again. And I just kept saying, God, like, I want you more than this, but I don't know how to get free from this. God, help me. And I never stopped fighting. And I struggled with this from the time I was five years old until my 30s. And it wasn't until then that as I cried out to God that something started to change. And that is why we wrote the book the way we did. We wanted you to walk with Maze through her journey so that you can in turn know, okay, this doesn't happen overnight, but if God is real in my process and I bring him in my process, then mm -hmm. I can do this. Because I feel like oftentimes people think, I'm going to go and do my dirt and then I'm going to go ask God for forgiveness. But one of the things that I quickly learned is sometimes while I was watching porn, I would be like, God, I know this is wrong. And, but I would, I had to bring him in it with me. And when you bring God in it with you, then he'll begin to say, okay, Michaela, 
why are you looking at this? What did you feel before you started looking at this? Mm -hmm. So, so Mm -hmm. how can we go back and retrace what the real need is? You started because you wanted to wind down. Well, what's another healthy way that you could have winded down other than running to porn? And as you bring God into it, he'll walk you through the process to let you understand what is the real need. What is the legitimate need that you're trying to get met, but you're meeting it in an illegitimate way? And Mm -hmm. so that's what the whole book is about, is helping us walk through our process and bringing God into it and figuring out what, what is the real need there. Yeah. The other thing that I love about Maze's story is that there's a lot of um, flashbacks. So it's giving a history of what led her to where she is today or at that point to give an understanding. And it allows other people to see and identify with, yeah, I get it. I get it. And I think for me, when I was reading the book with Michaela, I just, there are parts of me that just wanted to shout, I get it. I understand. And the more people can can just grab hold of something that that connects with them and connects with their experiences and and begin to share and talk about their testimonies, the more healing there's going to be. Mm-hmm. And in the end, that's what we're really looking for is wholeness. Yeah. Healing. That's it. Mm-hmm. And really even more so than that is just being in the process of moving from where we are to someplace better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to ask you my unfair question that I always ask all of my authors, um, and I want each of you to answer it. Um, What is your favorite part of the book? Hmm. Hmm. Wow. Can I go first? Because I know mine. (laughs) Go ahead. Go for it. My favorite part of the book is when Maze is battling with God. And she is just so angry with him. And she's basically throwing out everything at him that she's unhappy with in her life and that she's been struggling with her life. And then all of a sudden in the stillness, she says, and God kisses her. And it's just like, no matter you know, how low we go, no matter how angry we get, no matter what we're throwing out there at God, he still loves us. He still loves us and he still wants the best for us. And, you know, he's still there with us, even in our mess and in our Mm -hmm. ugliness, he's there. That was Mm -hmm. my favorite part. That's funny. I was going to say that was my favorite part too, actually. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's my favorite part because I've had that battle with God and the kiss, obviously, well, I don't know, it might not be obvious to some, but the kiss represented intimacy that even Mm -hmm. in the midst of the ugly and the dirty, like God still chooses to draw close to me. And so that battle in real life that I had with God, and I just was like, why did you let me get sexually abused at four years old? I never had a chance to choose who to give my virginity to. And, you know, if you're God and you're in control, why did you let this happen to me? And I'm still struggling with this. Am I going to be dealing with this for the rest of my life? I had that battle in real life with God. And even in the midst of that, God's presence was steady. It was firm. He wasn't afraid mm-hmm. of my, my anger. He wasn't afraid yeah. of my cuss words at him. He said, you know what? I'm still God. I'm here. And even when it was happening, I was there. And people yeah. make choices, but I was there. And mm-hmm. so that kiss represented his closeness, his nearness. 
that even in the midst of no matter what it is that we go through, even if we don't understand it, God still chooses to draw close to us and kiss us. Even when we're looking at pornography, God says, I love you. I'm still pursuing you. I'm still coming after Mm -hmm. you. I'm still kissing you. And so, yeah, that was, man, that made me want to <laughs> preach, so I ain't going to do it to you, because I know we ain't got that much time. But that, that is definitely by far probably one of my, my favorite, favorite scenes of the book as well. Oh, come on. I'm never, I'm never afraid to let somebody preach to me. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, um, you know, I mean, we don't have a ton of time, but I do want to open up for both of you to give the listeners just something simple that they could take action on. They could finish listening to this episode right now and they could do just a small thing to help them with whatever their familiar is in their life. I would say go write it down. (laughs) I I was going to say journal. I would say go write it down and just admit it. Sometimes the first step is actually um, being able to, to confess it and to say this is something that I struggle with, and this is why I think I struggle with that. To so just journal, write it down, process that out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, mine is not quite the same, but it's similar. Mine would be um, get someone who can walk through the process with you. Um, mm-hmm. Someone that is trusted, someone you know that you can confide in. And I, I don't believe that any of us are supposed to walk in this world alone. And that we're not supposed to walk through these processes alone. So whether it's a trusted friend, whether it's a therapist, you know, whomever, get someone to walk with you because there's strength and there's power in that. So for the people that have found themselves torn open from just what we've shown them now or from reading the whole book, um, how could they go deeper with you guys? How can they go deeper with us personally? Yeah, Mickey, yeah. You said? Can, can they reach out oh. to you in some way? Or, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, at, the, at the back of the book, our email address is in there. Um, they can mm-hmm. reach out to us that way. Um, they can find us on Facebook as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they can also reach out on our website, noble-study.com. Um, and they can reach out to us there. Um, and we're, we're always, we always want to hear from our readers. We want to hear what you're thinking. We want to hear what you're processing. Um, yeah, we're, we're here and we're available. Absolutely. What is your Facebook uh, handle or the name on Facebook? It Mine is, is just my name, Victoria Kennedy. Yeah. And we also have one for the book. It's called N- the noble studies. Um, and so I think it's, I don't even know the handle. I, I know it's noble dash study, um, is our website, but I know that you can also find the noble studies um, on Facebook as well. And then mine, you can also reach out to us personally. It's Michaela Gregory um, on Facebook. So you can also mm-hmm. find us there. The book is called The Familiar's Lie. It's book one in the Broken series, written by Michaela Gregory with a Bible study that goes along with it by Victoria Canada, Kennedy, sorry. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it's available now. It is still a bestseller now on Amazon. I really do encourage you to get it today. Michaela and Victoria, thank you so much for spending some time with us on the show today. Oh, thank, thank you, Steve. It's a pleasure. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope that from that book, you were able to see some of yourself 
Um, you know, we all have flaws, so don't hide from your flaws, but rather understand that we as flawed human beings can and should continue to grow. Um, I always think of the phrase that I heard way back forever, and I've used it over and over again, green is growing, ripe is rotten. Um, you know, and it's true actually that a fruit, as soon as it ripens, you know, that's when you need to eat it because if you wait, um, you know, it's going to start to rot. You know, bananas, they turn brown um, and other fruits, uh, you know, just get inedible really quickly and dangerously. That's the same thing in our lives. We want to be continually growing, to stay green, to stay teachable, growing, in learning and striving for more and more as we live our lives and we strive to be thriving entrepreneurs. I hope both of these books really helped you. I enjoyed them both as we were going through the process when they went out and again today to be able to bring those people to you because regardless of the situation that we've been through in life, there is something that we are now at the point we are and, and see that's that's what I want you to really catch is, is that it's not a matter of arriving to some state of perfection where you then have something to share with the world. Where you are right now, you've come through some stuff. Some of it are things that people right now are going through. And what you've learned in going through that stuff is some secrets, some survival skills sometimes is really what it just is. You know, it isn't that I'm powerful and I can, uh, you know, be a psychiatrist in this field now because I came through it. But I can tell you what I did to survive it and what I now do to live on the other side of it. That's a powerful book. All of us have those kind of things. And regardless of whether you're at in life, you know, my then eight-year-old, she's 10 now, my then eight-year-old granddaughter wrote a book based off of what she had come through thus far. It was about her and her best friend and hanging out together and how fun it is to have a best friend. You know, whatever that story is for you, I encourage you, you need to share your message with the world. And the easy first step is just to simply join us at Bestsellers Guild. It's free. Come to bestsellersguild.com and begin the process of sharing your message with the world. Because you are uniquely brilliant. You were created very much on purpose, with a purpose. And the world needs you. Please know that Kathy and I are here to help you live every day of your life as a thriving entrepreneur. Until next time, have a great day week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this, what would being a best-selling author do for your business? 
Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today.